Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on May 21st, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which the sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, You'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with the Gospel reading. The Gospel according to John chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Abba, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Abba, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Abba, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. The gospel of our Lord. The mountain is out. That's a common phrase used by us Northwest folks on a clear day when we can actually see Mount Rainier in all of its beautiful, majestic glory. As Pastor Rebecca Shervin used to say on her drive in from Gig Harbor and watching a glorious sunrise over the mountains, that God is just showing off. So here at the park, there are some tubes that are set in the direction of seeing three different mountain peaks. And it really helps us focus our attention or gaze right at the mountain. On a clear day like this, one could just sit and gaze at those mountains for a long while and lose track of time. We are so blessed with these magnificent views. God's creation showing off indeed. Today, we celebrate Ascension Sunday. It's that shy, nondescript Sunday that marks the end of Easter and is sandwiched between Easter and its fiery Sunday sibling Pentecost. I bet you didn't plan a big celebration or anything for this day. It's not a holiday like Christmas or a big festival day like Easter. We don't buy presents or decorate, but if we did celebrate, I would do so by going up on a mountain and blowing bubbles that would ascend to the heavens and watch it for a very, very long time. Maybe even until dusk, 
when you have to go back and descend the mountain. Jesus' ascension is recorded in the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, which is volume two of Luke, and in the longer ending of Mark. It's not directly mentioned in either Matthew or John's Gospel. It's only at the end of Luke and at the beginning of Acts that we get more of the story. The author of Luke Acts fills in the details. Jesus is with the disciples, having a conversation with them, when he promises them that the Holy Spirit will come upon them and they will receive power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus is taken up into the sky, ascending while they're watching him disappear into a cloud. And as they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them and asked, why are you continuing to stare up at the sky? Notice these two men in white, were they angels, messengers? They were also at the empty tomb in Luke's gospel. And they asked kind of the same thing. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Huh these parallel messages. Why do you stand here standing up at the sky and why do you look for the living among the dead? They seem to indicate a shift in where you should be looking. In other words, don't look for Jesus in the grave. He is risen. And don't keep staring up at the clouds. Jesus will come again. It's a radical movement to shift from looking for Jesus whom they saw crucified and died to looking for a risen Christ. And now from a risen Christ to one who is ascended, who's gone back to heaven, to his Abba or Ima as Pastor Mark shared last week. Jesus has prepared his disciples for his leaving. He has prayed for them. And now he has gone on ahead of them and he will come again. So the question is, now what? What are the disciples to do? The messengers seem to say, well, don't just stand there gazing at the sky. Get moving. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the Spirit is coming as Jesus promised. New Testament professor at Luther Seminary, Matthew Skinner, puts it this way. He says, Presumably the Holy Spirit could have come immediately after Jesus' ascension, but God waits. Rather, God has Jesus' followers wait. I like to think that in this waiting, they learn or they begin to learn that they are to be a responsive community, a community that waits upon God to initiate. Whether they walk back to Jerusalem from the ascension with eager energy or paralyzing fear. We do not know. All we know is that they have to wait. So they go back once more to Jerusalem, to that upper room where they had been staying, where they had shared in a meal with Jesus, all of them together. Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, not Iscariot, the other one, 
son of James, and the women. Yes, they are mentioned here too, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. They have all regrouped together. And what do they do this time? They wait. It doesn't seem like the mood is sad or gloomy, but more maybe excited, anticipating what's next and prayerful. We are told they devoted themselves to prayer. Their gaze has shifted from the heavens where they last saw their beloved Jesus to now the beloved community that they are becoming, just as Jesus has prayed for them, that they may be one, even as I and my Abba are one. Will Williman writes in his preaching commentary about the fruitfulness of this time of waiting. He says, the challenge is not the intellectual one of knowing enough to tell about Jesus, but rather the challenge is to have the authorization and empowerment which enables succeeding witnesses to be doing the work of Jesus until those who know the facts also experience the power. They do well first to wait in Jerusalem, but waiting and praying can be challenging. Am I right? I know I become impatient with waiting, especially when I need to get somewhere and I'm stuck in traffic. Think about the times that you may be waiting and anticipating some event and it's hard to wait, like waiting for a vacation to come or being pregnant and waiting for that baby to be born or waiting to graduate or waiting for a student to come home from college or a soldier to return home or waiting for justice to finally be served or for the kingdom to be ushered in Dear church, we are even now in a waiting period, in an interim time, in between saying goodbye to our pastors and awaiting who will be our next pastor or pastors. And it can be hard to wait. It can be easy for us to become impatient, to set our gaze in one direction for that next thing to grasp. But we are for now in a time of prayer and discernment together, all of us, like that first group of disciples in the upper room, including even Peter and Thomas and that other Judas, not Iscariot, and the women. Don't leave out anyone. We are all in this time of waiting together. And it can be a fruitful time, a prayerful time, a blessed time, and a necessary one. Last weekend, I was with a small group of women from St. Mark's who went together on a wellness, camping, and hiking retreat. Many of us didn't know each other well, and some were brand new to the camping and hiking experience, while others were much more seasoned. But we all came together for some time away to take a time out for a pause in our busy lives, attending to our own self-care, away from family and work responsibilities. It was a rich experience and much needed to fill up the tank. 
I was aware in talking with these women that many times our focus becomes so limited and limiting. So it took a while to shift our gaze on the retreat from all that tugs on us to enjoy just the wonder of creation, taking time away to be restored and renewed, to expand our vision, to pray, to share stories around a campfire, and eat s'mores and enjoy the company of others, and to laugh. We took some hikes, and on one of the hikes, it took us out to a vast estuary where there was an observation platform. And climbing up on the top and looking out, you could see views of the Hood Canal and beyond the canal to the mountains, to Mount Baker and, and Mount Rainier. On such a clear day, you could see the entire estuary. And it reminded me how it was good to see the whole picture from this vantage point. You know, the disciples didn't have that total picture yet. They didn't really know all that was to come, not until they received the power of the Spirit. But they were beginning to shift their gaze from staring at the sky where they had once seen Jesus into the, and who disappeared into the clouds to shift to seeing one another and soon to see their part, their mission. And for now, they were together to pray and wait. The move from being mere spectators to becoming primary actors in bringing in the kingdom. As Eugene Peterson wrote in his message translation of the Bible, in his preface to Luke, he says, the story does, of Jesus doesn't end with Jesus. It continues in the lives of those who believe in him. Luke makes it clear that these Christians he wrote about were no mere spectators of Jesus, that Jesus was a spectator of God. They are in on the action of God, God acting in them, God living in them, which also means, of course, in us. We are called to be more than spectators staring up at the sky. We are called in to join in this community of saints to shift our gaze and see Christ in one another. So dear church, we not only have grace for the journey and a guide for the journey, but also we are equipped with the gifts we need for the journey. The Spirit is on the move among us. Where do you see Jesus? I see Jesus, the Christ, in you. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.